Thank you, Adam. What an exciting place to be following a cloud. Fortunately, it's not in a desert. And it's a huge privilege to be in a family like this where the Lord is trusting us to follow Him and work in us and through us to display His character to those around. It's a huge honor to be working with the core team and leadership with you as the family at Nava as we journey together. Very exciting time, isn't it? <laughs> so here we are following a cloud, stopping when it stops. We've been here for uh, two months in uh, New Beginnings in Lee Summit, and we are called to go when the cloud moves. And so we're expecting sometime soon for the cloud to move. And uh, as Adam has said, we're praying and trusting the Lord to show us what he wants to do. How, how did we get here? I want to do a little bit of a review of how we, get, we got here. Some of you may remember a message from Adam on December the 30th. He uh, had a poem on faith and faith. Fighting the good fight of faith. Do you remember that? And so what is faith? It's hearing from God, believing what he said, and doing it. At that stage, we knew we were moving out of Plexpod, but had no idea where. Somehow there was still an expectation that we would have a building. Uh, the question was, how frequently would we meet? And subsequent, as we try to hear the law word, we ended up hearing to follow the cloud. And you may remember Adam's response to say, that's the last thing I wanted to do. Uh, but the Lord knows better. And nobody said amen. <laughs> Back in October of last year, we talked about a working faith that the Lord wants us to believe him that he is able to bring changes in Kansas City. Do we believe he can do that? He can bring changes in Kansas City, and when he brings changes, the pattern he uses is he works by his spirit through his people. He doesn't go off and do it somewhere secretly in a, in a corner. He comes and he works through his people. And he has found in Nava a willing people to say, Lord, Whatever you say, wherever you go, we will follow, we will do what you say. And I wonder if that's in your heart. I wanted to say this, this evening, well done, well started. We are following the cloud in faith. And the response of us as a people has been quite phenomenal to say how much we have enjoyed getting together in homes, how much we've enjoyed getting together in these times when we're together. And we had a good time at the picnic last week. Those that were in town, and every once in a while I hear somebody happy about frisbees. <laughs> but we are called to follow the cloud. It's an honor to follow the cloud. We need to be responding to the call to follow the cloud individually, but also as a people. Each one of us as an individual is part of the people. 
and the individuals matter and us together matters. And how we do the response matters. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, His intent was that now, through the church, the wisdom of God would be made known. God wants to display His wisdom through the way you and I respond to Him. Through the way we live. Everything we do matters. And we're not just called to follow the cloud. I'm following the cloud. I'm following. He wants us to follow the cloud. Doesn't he? And so his call on us is to say, well done, well started. The call to believe his word and do what he says, we've done, we've begun. Well done, well started. How much longer are we going to have to follow a cloud? As long as he who knows everything wants us to follow the cloud. And I wonder, are we ready for that? And so the sense that we had is, it's important, having sown the call to faith, last year in December, last year in October, we have risen in faith to hear his voice and do what he said. And now there's need for a new word, a new call to us to stand up. And that call is perseverance. Finishing the walk of faith takes perseverance. And so we're called to persevere. Starting is easy <laughs> in some way. But keeping going is not such an easy thing. Now we expect to persevere if we enter a study program. We expect to persevere if we start a new business. It's going to take effort and time. But I wonder if we expect to persevere as we walk with a church family in faith. The Lord's calling us to persevere with Him. And He knows we're able to. He would never have called us into this walk if we were unable. And He's calling us to persevere with Him. But he is wanting us individually to persevere and as a people together. And the way we interact together when we are out in the open fields worshiping the Lord. The way we serve people when we hear in the church like this. The way we serve people in our homes and neighborhoods. All of it matters. Because God is displaying his character, his love through us. He's wanting us to be a people who are persevering. What is perseverance? What does it mean? We won't go into the Greek, but if you translate the Greek, it means not swerved from deliberate purpose by even the greatest trials and sufferings. Not swerved from deliberate purpose by even the greatest trials and sufferings. The question is, will we go through no matter how easy, no matter how difficult. Are we settled that God has spoken? We should be here together as his family. And he's going to accomplish what he has chosen to accomplish through us. As we go pursuing the, crowd, the cloud, we will face some trials. 
individually. We'll face some trials together as a family. There'll be some difficulties. But he's with us and he knows we're able. He's not about to test us above what we can bear. Yes? 1 Corinthians 10.13 I will not let you be tempted above what you can bear, but I will always provide a way of escape that you can stand up under it. And so the confidence is, whatever the difficulties that's going to be there, we'll be able to do that. This perseverance is a very critical component of our walk with Jesus in this earth. And we're being given a special honor by following the cloud to develop this perseverance because it's a necessary component of bringing us to spiritual maturity. Without the perseverance, we don't mature. James 1, verses 3 to 4. You know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wow. It would be nice if I could make a call right now and ask you, ask us, anybody here want to be mature, come to the front, we'll pray for you. <laughs> Let it be. <laughs> but you and I know there are some things that don't come by. Laying on of hands. They come by faith followed by perseverance. And so we, we're in a situation where we have this amazing opportunity. Whatever the challenges, whatever the difficulties, we can persevere and the persevering will bring about our maturity. He wants to establish us in faith, in perseverance, in maturity. And so, what are some of the purposes for which God has called us into following the cloud? What is he accomplishing by doing that? We don't know all of it because God is always busy with more than we know. Isn't that true? But there are some things we're aware of. Firstly, we're called to obey the Lord and follow the cloud while he changes us from within bringing us to maturity. Following this cloud has an individual benefit for each one of us to bring us to maturity. Secondly, he wants us to get God's heart for all of Kansas City so we can be used as a people to influence the city. He wants us to get a heart for the whole city. We can't be an influence for the Lord in any situation where we don't love the people we're called to influence. And so he's calling us to develop that love. And so this is a call on us as we are traveling, whether it's Lee Summit, center of the city, whether it's the north of the city, Johnson County, whether it's South KC, wherever we go, we're called to love the people that are there. 
identify with them in their struggles and challenges. It's crucial for what God wants to do through us. If you think Nava is destined to look like this for the next 20 years, we're mistaken. God is busy with the process. He has huge plans in mind that involve us together and involve us engaging with others and making a difference. Them on us and us on them, it's huge. Third thing he's busy with, he wants us to engage with and connect with, learn from other churches and imp impact those churches that the Lord directs us to impact. He's wanting to bring a connection between churches in the city. And amazing things are happening at this stage. This coming 18 months, I think, is going to be phenomenal. And so the Lord is busy, not only with us and through us, but through other believers elsewhere. And he has something in mind. We've had a number of prophetic words, not from Nava, about what God intends to do in Kansas City in these next 18 months. And so we're excited about that. And finally, we're called to extend God's kingdom while being more effective as a prayerful family on mission, raising leaders as we go. If we're going to be the influence we're called to, God wants to bring us to maturity and raise leaders. And so it's very, very important what we do. And so we're called in common language to stick with it. Stick with it in the face of opposition, in the face of difficulty, and the face of hardship. Stick with it with a smile. <laughs> Consider it pure joy when you face all kinds of trials and tribulations. Isn't that your favorite scripture? <laughs> Consider it pure joy. And so the Lord is wanting us to develop confidence in the wonder of his character, the surety that he's with us, and that he's going to accomplish what he intends through us. And we can enjoy the ride. It's an honor to be called to be part of this journey. We can endure it, or we can embrace it and enjoy it. We are called to embrace it and enjoy it. And so I wonder as we talk in this way, where are you personally? We are calling, talking to us as a body, but of course, individually, we're the ones who make the choices. Isn't that so? We need to make the choice to either endure and put up with it or embrace it and enjoy the ride. And we are called to embrace it and enjoy the ride. We have some examples in Scripture of people who have endured difficulty. Of course, I think you know where I'm going. In Sunday school, anytime you ask who's the example, the answer is always Jesus, isn't it? Kids church leader asked the kids, what's this size with a bushy tail and two big teeth? She said, I think the answer is Jesus, but I'm sure it's a squirrel. And of course, Jesus, Jesus left the comfort of heaven and the glory of heaven to be with us, 
to endure difficulty. His life was threatened before he turned two. Had to be taken out of where he was living and go off to Egypt and be brought back. Um, in the 36 months or so that he was ministering, they thought of killing him 30 times. Try to kill him twice. Little bit of difficulty he faced. One stage he had a bunch of disciples following him. He told them, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you can have no part. And all of them left except a few. And so he's somebody who knows about betrayal. Knows about abandonment. Knows about hatred. Attempted murder. They tried twice to kill him. False accusations and misunderstandings. Other one who had difficulty is Paul. Paul was rejected, mistrusted, endured many beatings and shipwrecks, was treated in one place like a god. Had to run around saying, ah, we're not the one doing it, it's God doing it through us. And so we have some good examples. Let me mention the Hebrews 12 scripture. You know it well. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance, is that word. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. What's the race we're running? We're running a race following a cloud. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author of our faith, that's faith. And the perfecter of our faith, that's perseverance. He's the perfecter of our faith. Who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Consider him who enjoyed such opposition that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And so part of the point of the message is, let's not grow weary. Let's not lose heart. We're three months in. We could be here a year and three months from now in following a cloud somewhere. And uh, he's going to provide the ability for us to do that. But let's enjoy the ride. Hebrews 10.35 says, Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. There's going to come a reward. Yeah? A reward of a changed city. A reward of connected churches. A reward of kingdom expansion. A reward of maturity in our lives. And an ability to impart that to others. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere. So when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. I thought I would just share an example of another walk of endurance in another church setting. This comes from a church in the city of Pretoria in South Africa. There were a hundred adult members. A new pastor came in and uh, began to preach as they do in Baptist churches and found the church pretty dead. So he thought he would pray, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, 
And the Lord gave a promise that he would bring new life. And three years later, in 1967, the Holy Spirit came into a Baptist church. Not in the meeting itself, but one by one, individuals got filled with the Spirit. And uh, as this was happening, he said, Lord, what's going on? And the Lord said, I'm going to do something in your day that if you were to hear about it, you would not believe it. I believe God's going to do something through Nava that if we knew about it now, we wouldn't believe it. The extent of the change that God is going to bring to this city and further afield because of our faith and our perseverance. He's going to do something in our day. You can find that scripture in Acts 14, 41. But ultimately, the Lord also spoke to say, this city will bring me renown, joy, praise, and honor before all nations on earth. And the expectation was that the nations of the world would come to Pretoria, to a hundred-member church. Why would they do that? But it was a word he spoke, and we've had a few words, Adam, Julie, Dave, a few words about what's gonna, what God's going to do. Can we believe him? He has good things in mind. The Holy Spirit came into that little church, and the Lord gave wisdom, and the gifts of the Spirit were not allowed to operate in the Sunday meeting. Because there was lots of criticism. Maybe you remember those days. But the wisdom was there was a Saturday evening prayer meeting and those that were filled with the Spirit met on a Saturday evening and the gifts flowed amazingly. And anybody who got thirsty went to those meetings. That prayer meeting lasted 20 years. When it was closed down, there were 600 people every Saturday. The movie theaters and the restaurants lost out on Saturdays. Because the believers came to pray. And when the numbers grew, they moved, in, moved Baptists into a movie theater. For those who know something about something in Baptist theology back in those days, that was like going into the devil's parlor to go into the movie theater. But the, uh, the church continued to grow. And there was resistance. There was resistance from family, but they persevered. God had spoken. He was going to do it. And eventually, as the building was overflowing, it was a 600-seater building, they ended up being 2,000 members or attenders. At that point, the Baptist denomination said, we don't mind you staying, but we don't want any churches you plant to become part of the denomination. Because we'd moved from a deacon-led church to an elder-led church. Because that's what God said. And so the Lord said to us, go with your children. And so we left the Baptist Union. Joined up with four or five others. Boy, did we get lots of criticism then. Individuals got criticisms from their families. The group got criticism. But they persevered. Eventually the Lord said, sell the building. 
Lord, and then what? Does this sound familiar? <laughs> Go and buy a piece of land on the edge of the city. But Lord, nobody lives there. Well, we know now that the answer was nobody lives there yet. <laughs> and so we purchased an old drive-in theater. Pitched a tent, 3,000-seater tent, which was hot in the summer and cold in the winter. That was the air conditioning. And of course, there were some murmurs and complaints, weren't there? Especially if you were getting baptized in the winter. The interesting thing is this little church was an English-speaking church in a predominantly Afrikaans-speaking city. And the church grew from 100, and by the time we were in the tent at 3,000 people, 70% of the people attending were Afrikaans-speaking. Penetration culturally. Amazing. Because when life flows, it draws everything you can imagine. And as we moved into the tent, the story was, we're not going to meet as frequently. We're now going to meet in homes. We're going to have leaders develop in the homes. And the food is not going to be gourmet style. The word is not going to be presented as gourmet, gourmet food. It's going to be meat and potatoes. That's a good way to have the word, isn't it? The real deal. And there were some complaints when that happened. But you know what? Leaders emerged. And with 3,000 members, we had a survey of those who had met the Lord. 70% of those who met the Lord met the Lord in neighborhoods and homes. Because individuals make a difference. We can share with those we work with, with those we travel with. Is Tom Spackauer here? Where's Tom? Why don't you come and share just what happened to you this week? Sharing our faith is so vital. And the wonderful thing is when we were sitting in a church of 2,000 people, you had to come early because you couldn't get a seat. Because every week, 25% of the people brought a new person with them. Yeah, this is the coolest necklace. My daughter made it. She doesn't know how to spell yet. So, um, which story should I share? Uh, how about the neighbor story? Because it's right next door. So my neighbor, um, Jacob, I see him in the backyard over the fence. I hadn't seen him in a couple months, though, and I needed to borrow an air pump. And so I texted him and asked if I could borrow this air pump. And I went over there, and uh, his wife opened the door for me, and I came in, and Jacob was sitting... Um, on his recliner and he was his hands and feet were all swollen up and his legs were all wrapped up and his he had uh, diabetes that just flared up I mean just looked like a different person um, I said Jacob what's happened to you what's going on um, what you know and he started telling me the story and everything and so I just said can I pray for you pretty obvious right can I pray for you so I, I prayed for him and um, his wife kind of watched me. I prayed for him and uh, asked him, you know, anything better? Not really. Uh, okay. Uh, well, let me know if you need anything. I mean, this is really in a bad way. And so 
Uh, it was a couple days later, I saw him outside walking around. Okay, this is good. God's, he's, because he, I hadn't seen him in months, and he wasn't walking. Um, so I'm like, okay, that's good. And then just about two weeks ago, I saw him outside again. He was starting to, he was trying to move some stuff out of his garage, and he's still moving pretty slow, but I waved him down and said, Jacob, what's, um, yeah, how you doing? Can I help you out at all? He was going up the stairs really slow with some stuff. And he's like, no, I'm getting my workout in, kind of exercising. He told me the story. He said that he went in uh, to have his bandages um, changed out, and all the wounds on his legs disappeared. And he said it was a miracle. And so I, and uh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Jesus really loves you. Yeah. And that's why he heals, you know, because it's a way to show his love. So uh, he gave me a big old hug. I prayed for him again. And, uh, and actually just right before the rain hit, right before 4th of July, he was out there mowing the yard slowly. Uh, and I was mowing the yard too. And uh, he had, uh, so I, I actually went over and chatted with him a little bit. And he says, so if I get tired, I just take a break. I'm just working it up. But he's regaining his strength slowly now. But the Lord gave him a little boost there, which is really sweet. So right next door, just borrowing the air pump. Let me pray for you. Amen. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Wow. Each one of us are carriers of life. And interacting with people makes a huge difference, whether it's workplace, neighborhood, or wherever. But it was wonderful in that setting to have that many people coming along. Coming out of that situation, we established a Christian school. And in an apartheid situation, it was open for anyone to come. There was also a training center, similarly. And through the training up of people, we were able to establish four significant churches in Pretoria that could reach out and make a difference. And the school was open to everyone and has uh, developed online training also for those that are needing it. Interesting that the government of the day today is requesting that online curriculum in mathematics to help its teachers be equipped to train the high schoolers in their setting. But it wasn't always that way because in the early days, the government tried to close us down. At one stage, sent out the security police with dogs to close down the schools. And we had to get, intercede with ministers of government, trusted the Lord to bring that to an end. And so when the Lord says start something, he means to keep it going. Whether there's resistance, whether there's difficulty, at one stage, we talked about closing down the high school for financial reasons. I still remember the meeting as the lead pastor got up and said, guys, we, we're struggling to keep the high school open. We're considering next year closing it down. One of the parents got up and said, don't tell us you're closing the school. Tell us what to believe for and we'll follow you. What's the matter with you? You're supposed to be calling us to faith. And so we believe God, and of course, he carried it through. Today, the school serves a 1,000 students. But one of the words was that uh, he was going to bring the nations of the world to the city of Pretoria. And back in 1997, the Global Consultation on World Evangelization was held in our church. We had 135 nations being served in our church. From a hundred-member church, 
135, 137 nations came to consult together about how to reach the unreached people groups of this world. I wonder what is the detail of what God intends to do yet through NAVA. We're on a, an exciting journey. And there's going to come resistance, there's going to come difficulty. But God's with us. And He's going to take us through. He's going to take us through. Today in that, in that same church, there are, uh, the, uh, there are ministers of government who attend the church. They carry out their ministry prayerfully. The public protector or chief prosecutor is part of the, has been part of the church. And um, so influence is there. If the people hadn't believed and persevered, it wouldn't have happened. And there's something God wants to happen through what we're doing. We have the story in the scriptures, the real record of what happened as God took the children of Israel out of Egypt into the desert on the way to the promised land. The promised land was flowing with milk and honey. The grapes were this size, but there were giants there. Wherever he's taking us, there are giants, but God is able to deal with the giants. Yes? On the way through the desert, the people had a problem. Do you remember? If you don't remember, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul writes, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of what happened in the desert. I want to remind you of what happened with those people. Some of them died because they were worshipping idols. And so one of the blockages we can have is that we are struggling with idols. <clears throat> What's an idol? An idol is something we believe we need desperately more than we need Jesus. Some of us may be trusting the Lord for a job. We pray every day for a job or for an education or for a husband or a wife. And all of them become more important than Jesus. Hello? And they become idols in our lives. And so that can interfere with our participation. And so the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 10, do not be idolaters as some of them were. It goes on to say, do not engage in sexual immorality. And it wasn't just sexual immorality they engaged with, they were public about it. And we're living in a culture that's very lackadaisical about sexual immorality, about affairs, about breaking the marriage covenant. And so we need to check our hearts because these things interfered. Paul wrote those things, by the way, in the New Testament. These are reasons why most of those who left Egypt didn't get into the promised land. Now that we are in the New Testament, I believe most people are going to get in to what God intended in the promised land. Yes? But we need to check our hearts. Let's not be idolaters. Let's not be engaged in sexual immorality. Goes on to say, do not test the Lord. As they were traveling, they moaned. We don't have any meat. We're tired, tired of the manna, boiled manna, fried manna, 
Manna tacos? Doesn't sound right. They didn't believe the Lord would take them through. So they said, do not test the Lord. If the Lord said he's going to do something, he's going to do something. That's the reality. And finally it says, do not grumble. And it says that some of those who grumbled died of a plague. And so grumbling is a very serious matter. And some of us can grumble into... And some of us can grumble outwardly and express our displeasure. You know what? It doesn't encourage one another to continue and persevere when we grumble. Is that true? This grumbling is a challenge. It says, do not grumble. They grumbled about the water. There wasn't water. Then the water didn't taste right. They grumbled about the food. They got tired of the manna. So God gave them lots of quail. They moaned about the leadership and said, who does Moses think he is? He says he hears from the Lord. Can't we hear from the Lord as well? Yes, you can. But the point was, God appointed Moses to lead. And so there was a correction to Aaron and Miriam because they were the ones moaning about their brother Moses. Inconvenience. Was there a little inconvenience in the desert? And is there a little inconvenience in traveling to Lee Summit? <laughs> A little inconvenience about not knowing what's happening next week. And so, the Lord is calling us to walk with perseverance, desiring whatever He has for us and enjoying it. And so, impatience and grumbling are there. Sometimes we can say, where we're traveling is too far. It's too far to come to the gathering and new beginnings. <laughs> Wait till we get to the north, north, north part of the city. Hello? Some people say, I prefer to have a gathering every week. I don't like meeting in homes. I have to participate too much. <laughs> Our kids are not getting enough input. Well, it's primarily a parental responsibility, but we're doing the best we can. I think Rachel and Curtis are doing an outstanding job. Let's give them a hand. It's inconvenient. It's not knowing what's happening. It's really inconvenient. And one of the things that we could be saying is, you know, it was really better in the Monarch building. I wish we were still at PlexPod. Nobody's saying that, I gather. <laughs> you know, back then they said, you know, we really preferred the onions and the garlic back in Egypt. I didn't understand that until I visited Cairo. Because you know, Cairo is on a delta. The silt is washed down the Nile River. The area around Cairo is so fertile, the garlic is this size. The onions are bigger. And so they wanted to go back. They were tired of the manna and the quail. They wanted to go back to the onions and garlic. But God was taking, there somewhere, taking them somewhere better. A place with milk and honey, huge grapes, and he was going to give them victory. And he knew it was going to be a battle, but he knew he was enough to win the battle. 
He wouldn't be calling us to this kind of battle unless he knew we were able. What do you think? It says in Numbers 14 <clears throat> that although the spies who went in came back with a bad report and the people's hearts failed them, Caleb and Joshua nevertheless brought a good report. Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly. And so he was rewarded wholeheartedly when they came finally to the promised land. Yes, they, he was given the right to the best territory where the giants were. And though he was 85, he said, I'm stronger today than I was when I was 45. And God is with me and we'll take that territory. God has good territory for you individually and for us as a team, as a family. He's calling us to persevere. And so I wonder if we can just have an opportunity to check some things and pray. If you recognize that there's been some sense of grumbling. Hello? As I'm saying this, I'm reminded of a story of a pastor uh, who went as an assistant pastor. He was new in the church. And the first meeting he was in, after the gathering was over, he was sitting with a, standing with a group of people talking, and there's a lady who was saying that the senior pastor was doing this wrong and that wrong and that wrong. And he said, he thought, I don't know enough about what's going here, so he kept his mouth shut. The next Sunday, he was in the gathering again. The same lady said, the pastor's not doing this right, not doing this right. And she said, and this young man, this young pastor agrees with me. He said, what are you saying? I don't agree with you. She said, I said the same thing last week and you kept your mouth shut. You agree with me. And you know what? She was right. If somebody says something critical and we keep our mouth shut, we're basically saying we agree. Hello? If somebody says something <laughs> wrong, <laughs> thank you for the amen. <laughs> But if, if there's been some sense of grumbling in our hearts, if there's any conviction from the Lord that there's an idol in your heart, if there's any sense at all of uh, testing of the Lord and not believing, anybody need prayer to say, Lord, I repent of these areas. Anything to do with sexual immorality. Won't you stand just in recognition, I need to repent. We're not going to ask you to state anything, but anybody recognizing a need for the forgiveness of the Lord for these things, won't you stand and let's pray? Just very briefly, anybody at all. We want to be a wholehearted people. So would you just say out loud after me, Lord, forgive me for the reason for which I'm standing. Thank you that you do. I repent. Thank you for your forgiveness. And I'm choosing to walk with you wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray for you. Thank you now, Lord, for the forgiveness of your heart for each one standing. Thank you for the repentance that's real and the fact that you live in them and enable them to walk free in the future. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.
Heather, won't you come to the front? I wonder if we can make the underlying necessary affirmation that we want to be wholehearted like Caleb. We want to follow the Lord with all of our hearts, with a heart of joy, ready to persevere through whatever happens. Is that okay? So I wonder if, we, if, if you want to make that commitment or reaffirm that commitment. I'm actually inviting everyone to stand, but you don't have to. Let's, let's as a people, stand and affirm. I am deciding to be wholehearted in following the Lord in this cloud. So would you say after me, Thank you, Lord, for the promises you've given to this family. We believe your word. You're intending to work through us for your purposes. Thank you for the faith you've given us. And thank you for the promise of perseverance. I'm choosing to be persevering with a glad heart. I want to follow the Lord in this cloud wholeheartedly in Jesus name thank you now Lord that you are with us we aren't alone each time as we gather together in homes around picnics or frisbees whether we gather here together as the family you are with us we're actually following you as you lead us by the cloud we've decided to follow you in Jesus name let's enter in